too many movies. I watch too much TV. I have too many kids. And now, we're doing a podcast. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, everyone, to the Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek. My name is David, and I'm joined this week by my best friends, Todd and Andrew. We're missing Dave just one more week. Hopefully, we'll get him back and with us on our regular schedule. But how are you guys doing today? Fine, but unprepared, which is not comfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> no list today. Fine, but unprepared, which means I'm totally comfortable. <laughs> Your normal MO. I got you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a little step out of the box again this week and do a What You Doing episode. Kind of talk to you guys just a little off the cuff about what we've been watching, listening to, playing, doing, just to kind of keep ourselves busy. And uh, so that's going to be kind of our episode this week. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I almost felt like I was going to hear like little crickets in the background there for a minute. (laughs) I can add that later. (laughs) (laughs) So who wants to go first? Who's had something that they've been kind of watching or or taking a part of that they want to share with the group and uh, and let them know and talk about this today? So... I thought I'd mention the kind of obvious thing. We're recording on Saturday, so just yesterday was the premiere of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. No spoilers, um, please. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> definitely seen it. Andrew, I think you said you saw it too, correct? I saw like 10 minutes of it, so not really. Well, I guess it'll just be me talking about it, <laughs> unless you guys have questions or something. But yeah, I can give a non-spoiler review and just say that it was definitely good. And it was kind of what you might expect in a way in that it's less complex than WandaVision and less psychobabbly. It's much more grounded. And because of that, it's a little bit more MCU-like, a little bit more conventional, but still very good and also more action-oriented. So, Andrew, if you saw this first 10 minutes, you know that it opens up. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of heat. Yeah, a very cool action scene. There, there's quite a bit of action. I'm trying to think if there's much action for the rest of it, though. I think most of the rest of the episode is a little bit talky, but it does give you a chance to get to know the characters of Falcon and Winter Soldier better, you know, Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson, and get to know a little bit about their their background, what their life is like, uh, not just as Bucky being the ex the ex-assassin and Sam being an Avenger, but also about life post snap and post blip, you know, what it was like coming back from those five years. Yeah. I would say it's off to a good start, a little bit of a weird start. I don't know how much to say or not to say it's still kind of a slow burn in that first episode. I guess one thing that also makes it different from WandaVision is the episode was longer. It was around 50 minutes. So there was more of it, but considering that there are only six episodes, it kind of makes you wonder, mm, what's what's left? I mean, it, that one episode might have been longer, but we still only got five episodes, and there's still a lot they got to do 
if this show was supposed to be about Falcon Winter Soldier teaming up and, and doing stuff. But it's definitely got my attention. And um, even though it's not as complex as WandaVision, there's still a website out there, or not a website, but a YouTube channel called New Rock Stars. I talked about it kind of in vague terms during our WandaVision review, which I'm actually still editing. It should be releasing tomorrow if I can get it done. And, but I don't think I mentioned by name, but there's a YouTube channel called New Rock Stars, and it's where they really break down episodes, especially for WandaVision. They did it for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. And they look at every little Easter egg and every little nook and cranny. There, like there's one scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where Sam is in a museum for Captain America, and there are all these writings on the wall talking about the the life and career of Captain America. And new rock stars, they do a screenshot of everything, and they're able to tell you every little thing of every little inscription that's on the wall. Also, the end credits have a lot of uh, text in them that, you know, maybe some comics fans might be familiar with, and they break down each one of those little references and speculate, okay, does that mean that so-and-so is going to guest star later in the season, or is this a reference to this in the MCU, or is this a reference to the comics or whatever? So uh, there's still a lot to analyze, even in these more straightforward, less cryptic episodes. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have coming in the next five episodes. Okay. Okay. And you said that, so it's going to be a total of six episodes, about an hour each episode or a little less than an hour each episode. I don't know what, about the runtime, but yeah, there are five episodes. Yeah, that's probably going to be my watch as soon as we're off recording here tonight i'll get to finally get to the uh, opportunity to see that so i'm looking forward to it uh how about you andrew what you been watching not a lot been really busy with some work but in the off time i've been watching some more sitcoms some of the older ones actually wandavision kind of sparked it uh-huh i think i love lucy was one that i took a couple episodes in oh wow okay okay yeah that's Other kind of interesting too. probably Gosh, about a m- month ago, uh, one of my daughters uh, was studying the time period and, and also reading one of the books, um, the Little House on the Prairie books. And so I went and found the old episodes of Little House on the Prairie on one of the streaming services. I think it was Peacock. And we have been watching old episodes of Little House on the Prairie as part of their entertainment throughout the day when they have some time. I, I remember watching some of the reruns of little house on the prairie when I was a kid or watching some of those old episodes. I never, I, I remembered enjoying it and I remembered watching it and enjoying it as an adult. I'm watching it and extremely powerful show, probably more powerful than I ever remembered it being. There's very few episodes that I'm not walking away with like a tear in my eye at the end of the episode going, Oh my goodness. I, I can't, I, this is just wonderful TV and, and um, a little nostalgic and also a little kind of disappointed because I feel like sometimes we don't get that quality emotional attachment to shows and a lot of what we get today. So just kind of a strange aside, definitely not a, necessarily a geek show but uh, i've been kind of delving into the past a little bit with with that now we'll go ahead and touch base on a couple of more our topic uh but they are blast from the past 
uh, I got the opportunity a few nights ago to watch Time Cop. What? Have any of you ever seen this this movie? Oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, now we have to review it after that noise. No, 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 please, no. Now we please, have no. to. I've never watched please. it, but now I yeah. want to. Well, and the strange part was, I think I remembered having the same reaction of of not really enjoying it that much, kind of when I'd watched it back in the day. And I watched it the other day, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was better than I remembered it being. Kind of a pretty simple plot. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme, or however he pronounces his name. He gets recruited to be a with a special agency to go back and police events in time and find people manipulating events in the past and correct or stopping them and arresting them. He becomes the cop. But of course there's a big, huge overarching conspiracy that that's going behind the scenes and he gets even more wrapped up in it. But yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It starts off with a bang. You know, he's just got the, the the job, and he gets attacked and almost killed. And an explosion at his house kills his girlfriend that he or wife that he finds out. You know, had just found out she's pregnant, and so then he kind of starts his career as this time cop, going back in time and and stopping these these kind of crazy events. And a lot of it is people going back in time just to rob money. Like I think one of the earliest or first ones that he or that you kind of see is a guy going back with machine guns and he robs a Confederate wagon train with some guards with Uzis. You know, he just mows them down with machine guns and steals Confederate gold. And You know, you'd think with inflation that that kind of money would be almost useless at that point, but... <laughs> whatever yeah but no it was it, it was cool though and uh yeah so I, I it's a blast from the past it may be one we have we could we could explore at some point john claude von damme's never gonna win any oscars by any means but he can kick some butt and fight people and uh, in doing so he can make some pretty cool action scenes and todd seems okay, hesitant so, but yeah <laughs> well okay so it sounds like maybe the story wasn't that bad but there are two vague memories I have about that movie. Uh-huh. One is the method of time travel because, you know, every <laughs> movie and TV show does it differently. Sometimes you're, you're in a vehicle and it times tra- time travels and you're just in the vehicle. Sometimes you step into a beam and your whole body goes. And then sometimes you just send your consciousness back and that type of thing. If I remember correctly, the way you travel through time in Time Cop is you get into some kind of sled that is in this big scientific building or something. You get into this sled and it goes at some kind of super ridiculous speed toward this big metal block at the end of a wall. And you travel through time before it hits the block. The thing is when you arrive at your destination in the past or the future, you're not in the sled. So I always wondered, where does the sled go? (laughs) Yeah. Then if you come, if then if well then if you come back, you're in the sled and the sled is traveling the opposite direction on the same track. So I'm also wondering where not just where the sled went, but 
How did it get back? How did you get into the sled if it wasn't there for you to get into? And how is it on the track facing the opposite direction? It never made sense. All right, Todd, deep breaths. Deep yeah, breaths. no, I okay. mean, yeah, the, the science there is is a little whack. And, uh, and, and it is kind of interesting because, you know, and they kind of even joke about it several times, you know, like, well, what happens if it goes wrong? And it's like, you see those two red spots? That was this troop, you know, <laughs> as they ended up splattered on the concrete wall. But yeah, they don't they don't do a very good job with the the overall science of the time traveling. Um, it is kind of interesting that they avoid going into the future. In, in this premise, they basically just say that it's impossible, so you can go back in the past, but you can't go into the future. And so, yeah, they they only go in the past. And it kind of, in many ways, like some other time travel has alluded to, it's very bad if you come in contact with your past self. That was the other thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. So you can't have, I think the way they explained it is you can't have the same matter Mm -hmm. exist in the same space or something like that. So basically, you know, it would really screw you up or, or mess up if you shook hands with your former self um, in the past. So they, they have to kind of avoid doing that when they, when they go back and as a plot device, it's kind of more geared towards kind of that. You don't want to go back in the past and give yourself information. Um, And that's kind of one of those like, Oh, you know, this, this is the big deterrent, but it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And even kind of as a finale it doesn't make any sense but the overall plot I, I was impressed with and you know it had some cool stuff in it and i enjoyed the uh um some of the the relationships of the characters and some of the character development that happens along the way uh, i actually thought it was pretty cool and if you do have two people intersect like that something really weird happens. Like, don't they use some really kind of primitive computer graphics or primitive special effects to, to show people kind of melting or phasing into one e- yeah, each other? Yeah, it, it's like really that. bad, yeah. <laughs> what about, what else have you been watching, Todd? Uh-oh. Okay, well, the other big thing that, that came out this week was the Zack Snyder cut of the <sighs> Justice League. Did you watch it? No spoilers, please. Yeah, I watched it. Give me all the spoilers um, because I could care less. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Freaking Dave. Uh, so, Andrew, have you seen it? No, but I very much want to. Okay. Actually, right. Go ahead and tell me like what you think about it without getting like spoilers. Okay. Well, first, the original version, the Joss Whedon version, or as some people are calling it the Justice League, that one was not great. But I actually didn't find it horrible, and I think it's because I kept up with all the news the, and all the behind-the-scenes information on everything that went wrong with the production of that one. So by the time I saw it, it was just kind of sad. It was just kind of sad <laughs> that it wasn't better. It, it, it's the culmination of what could be considered phase one of the DCEU if they're going in phases like the MCU. It's the coming together of all those superheroes. It should be bigger and better and probably longer, and it was just... It, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't work. Um, I think there was one executive who was insisting that it be below two hours. 
So even if it weren't for Joss Whedon going in there and meddling with it, it probably should have been longer to make more sense. So now we get the Zack Snyder cut. And first, I'm still one of those people that believes that there was never a complete Zack Snyder cut. So for all those people who were like, release the Zack Snyder cut. I still think that was a crazy notion because there was no complete cut. It, I still am a firm believer of that, of that, that because he didn't finish it, there, it's not like he could have just released it. But what I have to admit is a surprise is that Warner Brothers did give him the money and the time and the resources to finish it. And I think they did have to sink millions of dollars into finishing it. And they did. And, and that's what I have to admit caught me uh, off guard. So anyway, they did it. And now it's four hours long. And so now oh, it's too long. <laughs> um, and I might be in the minority on that because I'm hearing a lot of reviews online where people are saying, yeah, it may be four hours, but it goes fast. It feels like three. I'm in the minority. There were several times where I thought, how long is this? How, how far am I into it? Like the first time I did that, I thought, please let me be two hours or at least an hour and a half into it. And I think I was an hour and 10 minutes into it. Then there was another time I thought, okay, surely now I'm at the two-hour mark. No, I was an hour and 50 minutes in. <laughs> then I thought, please, please, please let me be into the fourth hour, and I was still six and a half minutes away. So to me, it was a little bit slow, a little bit boring at times. But let me also be clear that in almost every way, it is better. It might be longer, maybe a little bit slow and boring. But the first one was kind of like that, too, even though it only lasted two hours. It does make more sense. It does delve into the stories and backstories of the characters better. It does a better job with Wonder Woman. In fact, I would say Wonder Woman just runaway is the best thing about the movie. And I'm not sure I've heard other people say that. So I might be in the minority there too, because I'm actually hearing a lot of people say that, um, that Victor Stone cyborg is, one of the best things about the movie. And yes, there is more backstory for him and more family stuff that goes on, but uh, I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't work for me as well as the Wonder Woman stuff. Now, despite that, there is one really bad moment for Wonder Woman, and luckily there's only one. Uh, if you remember from the original version, there is a scene where she is in some kind of museum or something, and I had to go online and figure out what it was. It's actually one of the criminal justice buildings in London, uh -huh. And some terrorists are taking it over and she stops a bomb. And there's this part at the end where the suicide bomber, she's already dealt with the bomb and he has tried to shoot some hostages and she uses her super speed and her, uh, her gauntlets to deflect all the bullets and everything. So he's reloading and I'm thinking, Oh, all she has to do is use that same super speed, go up to him, use her super strength, tap him on the head and it'll knock out. And this is the perfect moment while he's reloading his weapon. No, she used that moment to do that thing where she knocks her two gauntlets together and it causes this huge shock wave and it blows out the side of the building. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and, and then we see the shot from the outside of the building and all this, this cement block shrapnel almost hits a whole lot of police officers that are out there. And I'm thinking she just endangered a lot of people's lives, destroyed property when all she had to do was just go up and just boink this guy on the head and he'd be knocked out. <laughs> so I hated that moment, but luckily that was the only bad moment of Wonder Woman for the rest of the movie. And I could nitpick a whole lot of other things. Like I'm still not crazy about the Flash character. I, I think that was not a great, 
portrayal of Barry Allen. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to the Grant Gustin version of Barry Allen on Honestly, TV. Honestly, they should have just used Grant Gustin as the Flash. Mm. I liked his actor as the Flash. I don't like Yeah. The They're trying but to make I, I, the Flash like super young and stuff. Well, I kind of prefer them to keep the movie, the movie universe and the TV universe separate. And, you know, the movie universe Flash did make a special appearance on the TV version of Flash when they did that whole Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. And I, I didn't like that either. But Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, so I could nitpick all kinds of stuff about the Justice League, and I probably will before I'm done. But let me <laughs> get one huge positive out of the way. The last hour of the movie, even though it's big and bloated in one huge long action sequence, I have to admit, the number one strength in the movie, especially that last hour, is the way Zack Snyder demonstrates teamwork. The team actually really does work well together. If I remember, now I've only seen the, the Joss Whedon version once, so I, I don't have a great memory of it. But if I remember correctly, it was the type of thing where the team is just kind of flailing. They're just doing whatever they can do to buy their time until Superman gets back. And then once Superman shows up, it's like, why are the rest of them even here? The the Zack Snyder version is not like that. He really makes sure that every character gets their multiple moments to shine. And he makes sure that it's obvious that every single one of, one of them was vital to, to carrying out this plan. And that even when Superman shows up, the others are still needed too. It's not like, oh, well, he's here. We can just go home. They're all still needed. And that was pretty good. So here, here's one more nitpick to, to end on. Uh, there's, there's, well, the movie is kind of divided up into six parts plus an epilogue. And that epilogue consists of a little bit of wrap-up, which is a little bit slow and, and boring, uh, and about three, four, five different things that were probably meant to be mid-credit and in-credit scenes, one or two of which we actually saw in the Joss Whedon version. And one of those is almost like a either an alternate future or dream sequence type thing. And I won't say exactly what it is, but it's really weird and goes on too long. And then there's this other thing that the movie ends on that is kind of cool, but it's like, really, with everything else, that's your ending? I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. It, it kind of feels like a, a Frankenstein mishmash version of all kinds of stuff because with it being four hours long, I don't think Zack Snyder left anything out. And it feels like a few things probably should have been, including some of that stuff at the end. But overall, it is better. So um, my original score for Justice League, I was kind of being kind and gave it a C-. minus. I would say the Zack Snyder cut, I gave it a B-. minus. Okay. And I'm sure okay. that there's some people out there who just who are just going crazy over it and think it's a masterpiece. Like I said, I still have all, all of uh, some of my original nitpicks and some new ones, so I can't rate it that high, but it's also unmistakably, undeniably better. TLDR, better but not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but good. Not okay. great, but good. No, that, that's, that's good to know. It's going to take a while to get up the, the gumption to, to stomach four hours of that. Justice League. I mean, mainly just because the previous one left such a bad taste. You but, know, Dave, I'm seeing you tomorrow. We could just head to your place and watch it all. We could. We could. That, that now you'll like have to have an, HBO Max. That, that, that sounds like an investment. 
<laughs> sadly, uh, oh yeah, that's right. We haven't even talked about uh, the other DCU movies because there was one that came out around Christmas, the second Wonder Woman movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you saw that? Gross. It would take too long to go into everything that's wrong with that movie. That Come back later. Exactly. We'll review that. Yeah. Again. It's shocking that the people behind the first one are also the people behind the second one. It's crazy. As good I as... It, I called it the moment they released it. Not going to be good. I said it. As good as the MCU is, DC does it bad. <laughs> And I don't know why they 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 have a simple concept. It should work, but I I don't even feel like the DC is bad. I feel like it's just okay. But when you're comparing it to something as good as the MC freaking you, you know, there's just no uh, competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I've been in like a a kind of an older sci-fi movie tangent here because like i said i I watched the time cops um i'll kind of just throw out two um other ones that i watched kind of at the same time i didn't watch them at the same time but i'm gonna throw them out at the same time neither one of them i think fall into that like blockbuster you know oh wow everybody loved and raved about these movies but had big stars and should have been better than they were and they are the Manchurian Candidate, and that's the one with Denzel Washington. So that was kind of one, you know, done several years ago. And the other is the Stepford Wives with Nicole Kidman and Matthew Broderick. And I've watched both of those in the last few weeks, uh, last couple of weeks. Mixed reviews, obviously, for both. Have you guys seen either one of those movies? Mm-mm. No. No? Okay. Andrew, have you seen? I don't think so. No? Okay. Real quick rundown on the plot. Manchurian Candidate is a Gulf War vet comes back from the Gulf War and through kind of the process of the the film realizes that his um, kind of brain has been tampered with. He's been implanted with memories that weren't actual memories he finds out that a political candidate, one of his former people that was one of his troops with him, comes from a very powerful family, this that, and the other, is is running for vice president. And the plan is to assassinate the person as soon as they're elected and he would be the president. And so it's a big kind of conspiracy series, uh, you know, plot, but there's uh, a lot of mind manipulation going on behind the scenes. And uh, while it's interesting and the plot is interesting, overall, it was just done okay. You know, it just wasn't, I mean, it, it definitely dragged at times. And there it was almost one of those where it was so confusing what was going on that it was like, yeah, this just doesn't make any sense. It was good, but it was just okay. It's not one that I would say that everybody needs to run out and watch, but nowadays kind of with all some of the conspiracy theories that you hear it's interesting i I work with a guy and and he's convinced that that biden is a manchurian candidate and that they're just basically propping him up and Mm -hmm. he has you know 
no clue what's going on in the world, which, you know, hey, we're not going to get into political debate. But so so there's some relevancy to it today. Now, Stepford Wives is kind of an interesting one. You have Nicole Kidman, who plays this like super TV executive, runs all the top shows or whatever. Um, and after a crazed contestant on one of her shows tries to kill her, her and her husband kind of run away to this like kind of small town, Stepford, where everything is more like the the fifties. The the women are all like wearing their dresses and put on their makeups and dress up for their husbands and they do all the cooking and cleaning and and keep things, you know, right for their for their husbands. And the husbands kind of go and meet up at the club and and they play golf all day and, and hang out. And it's and it's kind of that look back on were these better times or or not so much because you know i mean this this was definitely a time before a lot of the women's liberation really really kind of got geared up and all of the women more in the workplace things of that nature come to find out it's kind of a mixed conglomeration of mind control and robots and and that kind of thing that's taking place as these these wives are kind of almost in a way replaced to 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 act this way but it it was interesting it wasn't gonna win any super awards but it's it's one that i think it would be interesting for people to look at today um kind of as a as a timely look back to to what does make people happy um you know, the premise is that these powerful women, you know, aren't happy in their their jobs. They're they're working all the time and they're doing all these crazy things, but their their homes are falling apart around them. Their husbands aren't happy, their kids aren't happy. And and so it, it, it kind of takes that look into the psyche of is this true or you know what's what's better you know do men still want those happy little housewives that you know they come home and they've got the house all cleaned and they're all dolled up and they've got dinner on the table and you know sit right here and let me bring you your beer and your cigar or what is it that the kind of modern day man and modern day woman need to to make a home so yeah, I would I would recommend say check those out and and if nothing else for kind of a nostalgic look. I like sci-fi that wants to take a look at our current society or past society and and kind of show it to us in a different way and as a way of looking back at ourselves. To me that's a big part of what sci-fi is supposed to be. Looking through a lens to kind of focus in on a certain thing, a certain aspect of our lives using those sci-fi elements. So just a couple of things that I've been watching. Andrew, do you have anything else that you've been kind of doing? I know you've had a lot of schoolwork. In between the 25 hours of work per day, I like to draw now. Oh, okay. Kind of relax. Oh, cool. I mean, I've always been able to do it. I just never did it. What kind of stuff do you draw? Oh, just whatever. I sketch whatever. You know, sometimes I like to do my own little, like, comic book covers. Just jokey stuff. That's cool. That's, That's cool. cool. 
Hey, Todd, what else you got? Now I feel bad. You were talking about science fiction that is important to society, and, and Andrew's talking about developing a skill. I'm like, uh, yeah, I also uh, watch some more superhero stuff on TV. That's cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so on the CW, and actually, Andrew, I think you watch some stuff on the CW, some of the DC shows, right? Uh, some. Okay. So I've been watching Superman and Lois, The Flash, and Batwoman. Uh, Superman and Lois has just started. I think they're about three or four episodes in. And that's off to a pretty decent start. Won't go into too much detail because it's it's Superman. It's, you know, uh, it's Superman. <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of surprises there. But one thing that might make it a little bit different, and I don't know if they've ever delved into this in, in other properties, is that he and Lois do have twin sons who are teenagers. Oh. Uh, I think they've probably had at least one kid in the past, either in TV, movies, comics, or something, but I don't know if they've ever gotten as old as teenagers, and there are two of them. So they're having to deal with parenthood, and there's one relative who knows Superman's secret, so that person is kind of involved in things. They do go back to Smallville, so Lana Lang is also involved. Uh, it, it's a pretty good show and it is called Superman and Lois. So they do try to make Lois an important part of it too. And she's played by Elizabeth Tullock, also known as Bitsy Tullock. She played, um, I'm forgetting her name. I know eventually she played somebody named Eva. I think I forgot her original name, but anyway, she was the girlfriend of the main character on Grimm. And she does play a pretty strong character in, in the show because she's the other half of this partnership. Uh, she gets a lot of respect as being a reporter. She has her own strength of personality. So it, it is a pretty cool show. It may be a little too soon to, to judge completely. Like I said, only about three or four episodes in, but I like it. So See, the flash the is comics, off. To, oh. uh, Superman usually just has his kid, Superboy, and they only have one in the comics. And usually in the comics, they focus on more of, Robin and Superboy's relationship instead of mm-hmm. actually, you know, Superman and Superboy's relationship. Yeah, because there for so, a while, didn't Robin and Superboy actually have their own title? Yeah, it was, it's skipping my brain. So sadly, and I'll be very honest, I never could get into Lois and Clark. But this, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't necessarily keen on Superman and Lois, because I was like, it basically sounded like Lois and Clark, the after years. I, I was like, <laughs> but, but it's pretty I don't good. Know. Are they not really related? Oh, no, totally, totally unrelated. And I, it's been so long since Lois and Clark that I, I barely even remember that show. But I would say it is very different, totally different. You know, with Lois and Clark, I think they were both reporters, but still in Metropolis. Like I said, here they're uh, in Smallville. The the tone is overall different. They're older, more mature. Like I said, de- dealing with parenthood. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. One thing that does bug me a little bit is visually it seems to be influenced a little bit by Zack Snyder. One thing that kind of bugs me about Zack Snyder is he kind of puts a filter over everything. So you never really see the true color of the sky or, or nature in general everything always seems color graded and this show is kind of like that. And it kind of bugs me a little bit. Sometimes I wish I actually, you know, could see the sky and it's actually blue, (laughs) but still it it is pretty good. And in fact, that first episode 
felt almost like a movie in a way. In fact, it was 90 minutes long. They For that first one, they did a 90-minute episode, of course, with the commercials less than 90 minutes, and then kind of a 30-minute think retrospective on Superman. And the character, including Lois, they've actually been around in the Arrowverse for a while through Supergirl. So we did see that version of Superman before. But yeah, I would say it's worth a shot. Okay, okay. Um, so I've also been keeping up with the flash and the flash is really weird. The first part of this season is actually kind of leftovers from the last season when they had to shut down because of COVID and the villain is not very good. I don't even remember where her last name is. Her first name is Eva. And I don't know if she ever got like a villain code name. She is able to somehow master this mirror universe and travel through reflective surfaces. And the thing is, she's not even Mirror Master. Mirror Master is still a completely different character they've already encountered before. Uh, And in fact, I think the Mirror Master makes an appearance in one episode recently. And I don't know, it's not that great. I think in this week's episode, they might finally be past that, maybe being able to move on to other things. Um, But it's off to a weird start. So I'm hoping that the next episode or two really does move on to something else. And then Batwoman is also off to a weird start. The main actress playing Batwoman left the show. And instead of recasting her, they brought in a totally different actress to play a totally different character. And the original character had basis in the comics and all these various relationships with all the side characters. And then they bring in this total nobody who has no connections to anybody. And she just feels a little bit shoehorned in. And I keep hoping it'll improve and maybe over time it will, but it's off to a kind of shaky start for me. So those I'm are just the giving people. up on the flash at this point. Really? Yeah. I used to love that show. That was like the first actual show I watched as a kid. And then it's gotten worse, like so much worse. I sadly, I fell away from it and I kind of gave up and then it was like never really worth my time getting caught up on it again. <laughs> so it wasn't that I thought it was bad because I, I really, really did enjoy the first few seasons. I just kind of got away from it and wasn't ever really inspired to, to get back into it. But you're still liking it. It's okay. It's hit and miss. I kind of look at it the way I used to look at, at Stargate SG-1 and maybe to a certain extent Stargate Atlantis. It's rarely phenomenal, but also rarely horrible. It's kind of stable. It's always average or above average. And maybe every once in a while just a little bit disappointing. But like I said, never horrible, but sadly never super either. You're still watching the one where they kind of travel through time and everything. The, uh, did he... Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. it uh, is yeah, on hiatus. True. It has not started back yet, but I really do look forward to that because that's probably my favorite of all the DC shows on the CW. Okay, so that um, one's still on break. Yeah, and then there's also Black Lightning. Black Light, I don't know why, but they're ending at the end of season four. And to be honest, I can't remember if it started yet. Because the weird thing is Black Lightning had two really good first two seasons. But then season three went weird directions and I kind of lost track of it. And I actually never finished season three. So even if season four was started, I feel like I shouldn't start watching until I finish season three, but I don't totally want to finish season three. So, um, and it's a shame. I like the characters. I just don't like where the plot went. Well, Todd, I think I have one that I think you and I have both watched for all mankind. 
That was the next one on my list. <laughs> I have not seen the latest episode, but I've seen up until that. What have you thought so far? Season two is a little bit hit and miss with me. Um, it's a little slower than the first season. Yeah. Yeah. The first season, it seems like they still had more science fiction stuff in it. They did more alternate reality stuff, more training to get uh-huh. to space. Uh, yeah. For those that don't know about it, for all mankind, it takes place in this alternate universe where the Russians win a few of the early stages of the space race, uh, where I think we kind of won it before they, they like, I think they might've gotten to space first, but then we had something else that we were first at. We obviously got to the moon first. Well, they started doing some things first in this alternate reality, and it pushed us to do some things first, such as getting women into space more and getting more people onto the moon. So there's a little bit of a time jump between seasons one and two, and when season two starts, we're sending shuttles up right and left, and we've got a moon base, and that's pretty cool, except we don't spend enough time with those things. There's more drama than there is science fiction. Yeah. And I don't mind a mix, but I think it was episode three or four. It was almost all drama, and I did not like that. Episode five that you haven't seen yet is a little bit better, and then it's a little bit better of a blend, but still too much drama, not enough science fiction. And the bad thing is, I think the seasons are 10 episodes long. So with season five, or excuse me, episode five coming out this week, that means they're at the halfway point. And I'm already kind of wishing they were doing more, uh, more quickly. I think that was my biggest complaint is I'm kind of like, you I'm like, we're almost to the halfway point of the season and I really don't feel like we've done anything. Some of it's kind of interesting because you can kind of see the political aspects a little bit more as they're, as they're going along and, and, you know, they're always talking about, Oh, we're going to have to, to, bump Mars again because of cost cuts and this, you know, we got to get more money for this and more money for that. Um, but I'm like you, so much of this season has been more of the at home drama, you know, well, this person's dealing with alcoholism and this person's dealing with separating from his wife and the wife's getting married. And, and it's a lot more of, like you said, the drama, and a lot less of the actual like moon stuff. Um, they do throw in some neat elements here or there, but so much of it's so quick it's hard to keep up on, and they don't they don't flush it out. Like I don't know if you picked up in in one of the early episodes they talked about the the Berlin incident. They they kind of have taken this different route with the Soviet Union you know, them making it to the moon first kind of emboldened them and it got them more backing and more economic support and things like that. And they've opened up more um, channels in South America and and Central America um, that that really puts a lot of financial pressures and, and expansionist pressures on the U.S. And there's a lot going on geopolitically but so much of it's done in these like one little sentence blurbs that it's really hard to pick on uh, up on like what, what all is really going on. I think they even talked about somebody else running the Soviet union, 
was like a hardliner versus, you know, there's interesting things there, but it's, it's in such little small tidbits that it's hard to piece it all together. And then, like you said, there's so much other drama going on. It's really hard to kind of stay focused on the cool stuff, which is, yeah, they've got a moon base. The, the Soviets have a moon base. There's, building towards like a conflict between the the bases you know they're they're now having to talk about putting a security force on on the moon and they're like well what does that mean it's like oh well we're gonna have to send some guns up and it's like go send guns to the moon so it'll be interesting to see kind of where that goes and and i have a feeling that they're building up to something bigger but it does feel like it's gone kind of slow and it's not nearly been as good as the first season. Um, it's still interesting and I've enjoyed it, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, there are too many scenes of couples playing golf yeah, and spaghetti dinners in the back office of a bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, family spouts, well, guys kind and, of and overweight meeting. exercising to get back into shape. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. board meeting and oh here we're in a classroom and it's like i want uh, sadly i want more on the moon <laughs> yeah i want more on the moon i want more in space and i, and I want to see more of that so so i'm right there with you it's it's not that i've given up on the show because i still enjoy it um, and i like some of the concepts that they put in place in the first season and i kind of will see where they're going with it in the second season um, I'm hoping they just don't fall off the rails too far and get themselves canceled. Okay. So I have a, a, a sneaker that I'm going to sneak in and, and I'm just going to kind of put a plug in. I kind of mentioned the, the kids watching the little house on the prairie and you guys know, I got lots of kids. So have most of my time, even TV time gets taken up with watching whatever they want to watch. Um, but I will throw out there a tidbit for parents or anybody with Disney plus there is a hidden gem on Disney plus, And I don't know that I knew anything about it until another friend of mine pointed it out. There's a cartoon on Disney plus called Bluey and Bluey oh is a little dog and he is growing up with his little sister dog and his parents that are both dogs. Um, you know, it's a cartoon, so that it's animated. They talk and, um, and they go through life and they're short little 10 minute episodes. If that 10, 12 minute episodes, this is one of the like most entertaining kid shows that I've watched in a very long time. The, the things that this family does and how they do it is so much fun that parents, if you're out there and you've got little ones anywhere from age, you know, two or to probably is at 10 or so bluey is going to entertain you and them. And it's clean. It's fun. There's a whole season on Disney plus, And I've heard that there's a second season coming and I know my kids and I can't wait to to see a second season of Bluey. So your you guys' homework, because I know you all have Disney Plus, is to at least watch an episode of Bluey and and kind of let me know what you think next, what's happening episode, because it's cute. It's fun. Um it it's it's high it, it actually feels like the writers 
of Bluey are parents and, and they are just playing with their kids and they write episodes about it. And that's what it feels like. And it's, and it's really fun. So I'll sneak that in there as kind of a hidden gem for, for parents. Todd, did you have any other ones to throw out there? Sort of. I've actually got a question for Andrew. I think I'll probably get to that next. Cause I was wanting to talk about Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but I don't think I have time. Let me just plug it really quickly. Zoe's extraordinary playlist. It would take too long to explain what it's about. So if you're even the slightest bit interested, go out there and, and like read a summary on it or, or whatever. It's an NBC show. Uh, it It's kind of a musical based show. It is kind of funny, entertaining. Season two is maybe a little bit shaky so far. It seems to be a going trend that season two is not as great as, as our season yeah. one of some of our shows, but season one has a certain element in it that makes season one better. Uh, the season finale is very emotional. Kind of be prepared for that. And it's one of the best season finales I think I've seen for a while. But since I don't have time to talk about Zoe's playlist, I'm just going to move on to my question for Andrew. One, one question real quick. Oh, Does sorry. It, go ahead. I haven't seen an episode, but is it comparable to Ally McBeal? It just feels like an Ally McBeal kind of type vibe. Or am I totally off base? Maybe a little bit. Okay. I, I know we're almost an hour, but you want me to take time to explain the premise well give us give me a little bit because i'm okay. kind of thinking about it but i haven't had an opportunity to watch it okay so the main character is zoe she's a programmer at this uh kind of hip technology firm and she um her father has this neurological disease and she's worried that it might be passed on genetically so in the series premiere she goes to have some kind of mri done and at the moment she's having the mri the guy running the mri machine plays some music for her to kind of calm her nerves or something but at that moment there's an earthquake and this is a little bit spoiler but it happens in the first episode and i've got to say it in order for the premise to make sense so during this earthquake the something goes wrong with the machine and it plays this guy's entire playlist because she's in the MRI at the moment, it's somehow in some kind of weird science fiction-y, almost fantasy way, downloads this entire playlist into her head. And now she can hear people's inner thoughts at times, not all the time, but at certain moments, she can read people's thoughts, but it comes to her as hallucinations of hearing them sing and sometimes seeing them dance. So the show does have these musical numbers that are kind of in her head, kind of the way Ally McBeal had stuff kind of happen in her head. So yes, there is a little bit of similarity there, but it also makes her a little bit psychic. And the thing that makes this very emotional for certain episodes is that her father's neurological disease robs him of the ability to communicate, but there are moments where she can read his mind too. And so there will be these scenes where she's hallucinating, but it allows her father to dance and sing to her. And so she can hear his voice again. And so there are all these really emotional moments involving her father. And that's kind of the, the power of that show. And then of course they have to have the regular sitcom type stuff like a love triangle. And so she can hear both guys thoughts and stuff like that. Um, but it is a good show. Um, season two, like I said, not, quite as good and i can't say why but it it is good and it's worth it if for no other reason than to watch just enough episodes to figure out what it's all about and then watch that season one finale okay okay 
yeah, I'm going to have to definitely check out a little bit and, and see. Because, like I said, just it's just the previews kind of gave me that vibe. But, so what kind of question did you have for Andrew? Well, a few episodes ago, we talked about our favorite sci-fi TV characters. But Andrew was not on that episode. So I was wondering if, if I'm not catching Andrew too off guard, uh, I was wondering if he might want to share some of his favorite sci-fi TV characters. Ooh. Easy. Um, Doctor Who, played by uh, David Tennant. Doctor Who, played by Matt Smith. Probably Iron Man from MCU. Well, but that's movies. This is specifically sci-fi and TV. We're going to do different combinations really? of movie and fantasy later. Yeah, this is spe- okay. so specifically sci-fi. So no, no, so specifically sci-fi, not fantasy, uh, and TV, not movies. Because we're going to get to those other topics later. Maybe you'll be on this. Yeah. The Doctor Who's Matt Smith, David Tennant. Those are the best by far. Since you brought it up, maybe like Reverse Flash from like the CW Flash show. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't watch enough TV for these. Yeah, this was a tough topic for Dave, too, because he, you know, he always talks about not being the TV person. But he did come up some things, but a lot of times it was older shows and cartoons and stuff like that. And those things count too. In Todd's defense, he did ask Andrew if he wanted the question ahead of time so that he could prepare. Yeah. 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 And you said, no, catch, no, go ahead and catch no. me off guard. I'm better that way. I do my best work off guard. <laughs> if I remember correctly, at least one of your parents was into Stargate. So did you ever watch any of the Stargate shows and maybe have any favorite characters there? Negative. I did not watch okay. it. How about in the Star Trek category? I don't watch enough Star Trek to know the names. No. You know what I have been watching? What's that? What? Firefly. Oh. Malcolm oh, okay. Reynolds from Firefly. That's a good one. Malcolm Reynolds yep. is top of everybody's list. Or right in the top. Yep. <laughs> I think it was my number four and they, no, my number five, your number four, right? I think that's right, yeah. And I said Kaylee is one of my honorable mentions. And then the other Dave, he said the entire cast. <laughs> the got... entire cast. <laughs> That's a good answer. Have you gotten to the episode out of gas yet? I don't think so. I've been watching them in pieces with my dad, but you know how school has me. As far as I'm concerned, out of gas is not just an episode. It's a work of art. It, it really is. I, I mean, it, it literally, I think you could teach a class just on that episode because it is that well done. Everything about it, the the whole, everything about that episode is, is done really well. I cried. Do MCU TV shows count? Yeah. So you got Wanda. Yep. You got Vision. Okay. Agent Coulson from S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Well, like I said, you weren't on that episode, so no, I just thought I'd try to include yeah. you, but. That's not this bad. This is why we have a good editor, Todd. So that <laughs> A lot of awkward pauses to take out. <laughs> Andrew's trying to use his one brain cell here. Well, we'll let you kind of put it to rest here in, uh, in just a minute. Did anybody have any final parting words that they want to do or anything else that they've been doing? Now, Andrew, have you snuck in any video games lately? Are you still playing the same Destiny or is there anything new that's come out that you've been playing around play with? video games. No video games lately? Oh, wait. Uh, Mando from Mandalorian. That's I forgot right. that counts. That does count. 
That's a good one. Yeah. Baby Yoda, too. Baby Yoda's Just awesome. He's cute. In fact, Dave, you did not list Mandalorian on that episode. But if I remember correctly, uh, under one of our previous versions of what we're going to do for that, I thought you did have that one. He probably would have, should have fallen under my honorable mentions. I think kind of as we were doing the episode, I, I kind of overlooked that one. He was on one of my um, earlier lists. Speaking of Mandalorian, if you haven't checked out our Mandalorian reviews, please do that. Todd's editing was really great on that one. I have to plug in one of our other podcasts at least once or else I get fired from HR. And we're going to have to do another D&D episode and we still have to finish up our D&D campaign. And that is kind of falling on me and I apologize, guys, but we'll have to finish up playing some D&D and get back on track with that before that uh, campaign falls to the wayside. Did anybody else have anything they want to throw out there? I probably do, but I'm forgetting it, and I'll probably kick myself later for forgetting it, but I'll just have to let it go. <laughs> All righty. All righty. Well, guys, um, it's been a great What You Doing episode. I know we missed Dave. Um, hopefully we can, like I said, get him back in our regular routine in the future we miss him, and, and he's going through a lot right now. So, Dave, when you hear this, you know, within, we know we were thinking about you, and we miss you when we record, and can't wait for you to join us back. Do we want to talk about future episodes? I can't remember if we do that or, or not with these, because we kind of squeeze them in when we can. Well, we can throw in some suggestions, you know. Okay. Just, do, you, do you guys have a suggestion you want to throw out there for for a future episode? Not off the top of my head. Guardians 1. The, the first Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, okay. No. Okay. Okay. I loved um, them. Yeah, we haven't, we've only done one Marvel movie so Yeah, far. it surprises me. We we talk so much about Marvel, but we've only done Iron Man 1, I think. This is yep. true. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do another, another Marvel movie pretty soon. Unless you count Deadpool, which I don't. Yeah, that's not an MCU movie. But if you do want to count, then we could review one of the X-Men movies. I had a movie I really wanted to do, and I thought about it earlier, and now I am completely blanking on it. Uh, so, Dave, while you're thinking of one, I'll throw out a suggestion, and it's one that I've probably suggested before. We still haven't done it yet, so I'll say it again. And it's not any one specific thing, although I do have some examples of things we could do. And that is a versus episode where instead of doing a deep dive into one thing we we pick two maybe even three things and pit them against each other and and say you know kind of kind of do what we do now but like i said not quite as deep a dive but do the positives and negatives and then at the end say which one is better i like that we have talked now about here's that. the real thing can we take two absolutely horrible movies and tear each other apart over which one's worse we could or good ones and say which one is better or um it could be a method that we could use to get through things like the mcu because there are 23 movies right now and if after covid we start getting more movies then you know there'll be two dozen or, or more it'll take forever to get through all of them but if we do a versus where we pit two or three against each other, like, you know, the three Captain America movies. Uh, so which one is the best one of the trilogy or something like that? The first. Then, now, granted, we'll ha it means we'll have to watch two or three at a time, but we can knock them out in one episode. And it won't be a deep dive, but 
in a way, it wouldn't hurt if we start shaking up our format a little bit, and it would allow us to get through a group of movies within a franchise quicker. Okay, okay. Or compare similar movies from different franchises. Like Batman v Superman and Civil War or something? That's just the first one off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Or Justice League versus Avengers. <laughs> Todd, you got to make it a competition, bud. <laughs> no, you I'm just thinking just so unfair. No, Justice League and Avengers are more thematically similar. They're about the teams coming together for the first time. Unfortunately, that one's kind of unfair because <laughs> I think we've already stated that we're kind of biased, and Avengers will probably win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one's going to be kind of tough. So um, we might also have to pick a combination could, that's not super obvious. You know what we could do? We could pick even genres in that kind of format. You know, Uh-oh. Star Wars versus oh, Star Trek. Stuff like that. I cut out there for a second. You did. Mm. Yeah, but you're back. And I know Star Wars movies and Star Trek does TV. Shut up. Star Wars versus versus Star Trek. That one's going to be slightly predictable for two of us. Or we could compare like trilogies in Star Wars. That would be Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. We'd all know the middle trilogy would come out on top. Whatever. I like Revenge of the Sith enough to give it a battle. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know if we've talked about this movie, but it's a, another old school movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it was just such a fun movie to watch back in the day. I'm sure Andrew's probably never seen it because it was way before his time. That is the movie Short Circuit. Johnny Five. I really are going different. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. I don't know that. Never heard of it, have you, Andrew? Not once. I'm sure it's on some back shelf in my DVD wall. Yeah, ask your mom and dad. You know, back in the 80s, way back then, you know, there was this uh, robot that was struck by lightning and, and became sentient and alive. And he got to do what he wanted to do. Uh, it was all about his adventures and they made a couple of movies, but the first one was really awesome. So uh, I'm going to throw out there short circuit. Well, guys, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. It is time for us to wrap up this episode. And I feel really bad because Todd's going to have a doozy of a time editing out all the dead spots where we <laughs> lost track of what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite TV sci-fi character? Uh, uh, that gives us something to be thankful for because he is really awesome at it. And you guys get a nice crisp show at the end of it. Um, even though sometimes when we're recording it, it's not so much. Uh, at least this time we didn't have any technical difficulties in recording. Knock on wood. Yeah, I was surprised by that. So Chris, yeah. Chris, we still have to we still have to download the episodes once we get started. Yeah, I was gonna say knock on wood because we're not there yet. Uh, <sighs> but yeah. All right, guys, with that, we'll call it a wrap. For all of our fans out there, definitely email us at discerninggeeks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our shows and what you want to hear in future episodes. Follow us on Facebook, the Discerning Geeks Portal. We're still working on a website, but we should hopefully have that up here sometime in the near future. And we have our Twitter at Discerning Geeks. Definitely let us know what you think. Like us, follow us, you know, comment on all the the ways that you listen to podcasts and let us know what we can do to improve or or what you want to hear. 
and spread the word so that we can continue to build our listenership. Please support us. We're getting desperate. <laughs> we'll give you money to listen. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We don't have any money. So. Ready, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening. To infinity and beyond. Oh, I almost forgot my tagline. I can't forget this. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Take two. Take two. Take two. Yeah, that's totally This is why we have an up. editor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hope you continue listening and continue to enjoy whatever makes you a discerning geek. Have a good evening. This is where you guys can say goodnight and bye. To infinity and beyond. I already said thank you for listening. Oh, okay. Then, Todd, you have to hit the little button to tell him to stop recording. I was just about to, but then you said something. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're so coordinated. Let's add five more minutes to the recording. (laughs) Wow, this one's a rough one, guys. (laughs) David, have you been getting into the wine again? It was a long day at work.